0: Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 171. I'm Anita Helm and tonight we're going to talk about the good news from the gift that keeps on giving and we're talking about Jesus Christ. Before we begin, I want to let you know that it's not lost on me, as it probably is not lost on many people, that we are getting ready to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ this weekend and Reverend Helm has transitioned to be with the Lord, and for those who knew him, he loved Christmas, even the actual speak. Uh, speaking that he did on the, uh, one of the historical December 13th, 2018 teachings I just posted, he was talking about how he loved Christmas and the fact that he was in the military and oftentimes he and his brother, David, they weren't at home. And so they had to make family around themselves for who their military soldiers and com- comrades were. But when he was able to be home and retired, he just loved Christmas and he loved the ability to, he always was a giver. But it was him who loved to give to others outside our family, in our family. And for us, the hardest part of Christmas was to figure out what to give Red for Christmas. So it's very different for us and Faith and Albany and Broderick and all of us, uh, knowing that this is the first year without him. And we'll have, as one friend said to me, many firsts. And even us transitioning um, to go and celebrate or to have the dedication of the Kingsland, Georgia's, reception hall in the helm name. That was a little bittersweet because one point you knew that Reverend never wanted to be acknowledged for the giving because he believed that his reward was from Christ and he didn't need to be acknowledged by human people because God knows what he did and he didn't need to share that openly. So that was one thing. And then the other thing was to recognize that, um, he, he just, he didn't really take a lot of time to go places other than to prepare for the word of God. And he always wanted to take that treasure time, especially when he got to be sicker and sicker, to use his energy to to study and learn of the Lord. Talking about being a learner of the Lord, I have to share that one of our dear sisters in Christ, Lillian White, has gone to be with the Lord. And I always know Sister Lillian as someone who asked questions. She was a learner of the Lord and she would always be remembered for asking questions of Pastor Helm and now Pastor Watts. And all the different teachings that you would see on our church school, you'd always hear this little voice start asking questions. Well, pastor, what does this mean? And pastor, what does this mean? And she was very faithful to be a part of Milkshake Monday on Mondays, as well as our Bible study on Friday nights. And definitely walking from her home to the resurrection Baptist church services, worship services at the Reston Community Center at Hunter's Woods. And she will be missed, but we know where she is. She's not lost. She is with the Lord and they are fellowshipping at the foot of Jesus, praising his name as he's teaching them of the things of the Lord. Well, Also, I've been posting about the Kingsland, Georgia trip, and I was sharing with you basically that when it comes to poverty, the Lord said, Jesus Christ said that the poor will always be with us. But I believe that as Christian believers who love Christ, who are people who have the heart and compassion of the Lord and the mercy of God, that we should always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he draws and has us to think about those who don't have what we have. A lot of us are blessed living in the different places in the United States, but the Lord wants us to be a blessing to others. And it says, give with a cheerful heart. And that's not just tithes and offerings, that's the giving to other people. So tonight we're gonna be in pretty um, easy territory. We're gonna be out of Luke chapter one and two, and we're gonna talk about the good news, but we're also gonna talk about the gift that keeps on giving in Christ Jesus. Because we often focus on his birth, And, you know, we give a date here in the United States to say, December 25th is the holiday. But in reality, the Lord had fashioned when Christ would come down through 42 generations. And we know that he came, but he came knowing that he would sacrifice his life willingly so that we would have access to a holy God, his father and only through his shed blood that had no sin. Are we able to celebrate not just his birth, but his death, burial, and his resurrection. So let's start out at Luke 1. And I want to start out with the story of Zechariah because I want to share with you something simple. And it may not be a long teaching tonight because it is the week that we're getting ready to go into holiday season, but we need to hear about the word of God. That's going to be long lasting past when we open our presence and we are excited and then we're disappointed and then we have our lips stuck out for the next gift. So let's just understand that the gift that all of us will have through eternity is the gift of Jesus Christ and his free gift of eternal salvation. And that's what we celebrate more than these natural gifts that you have price tags on. He is priceless and the blood that he shed is priceless and eternal. So in Luke chapter one, you're going to find that a priest is there serving. And when we receive the good news, I want a couple of things for all of us to pay attention. There is never a time, whether it's daytime or nighttime, whether it's at your job, during your retirement, at your leisure, at at whatever you happen to be doing, that the Lord cannot dispatch, send whatever word you want me to use. Send a message from his almighty altar in heaven to send through his messenger angels to get information to us that is relevant and pertinent to the divine plan of God addressing his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we're going to see in the very beginning, as we start to look at chapter one of Luke, is that God even knows for each and every one of us, everything, every time, where we're going to be, how we're going to do it. And in this case, they're going to talk about that the lot fell That means that they do a lot. They pick a little uh, stick and it falls to whoever is going to be the priest that's going to go in and do the actual customs of taking care of the temple. Well, the lot fell on Zachariah, but that lot fell. But you have to understand that the, the whole discussion about John the Baptist, the forerunner, was known back in the Old Testament, was known before the foundations of the earth. So the lot falling to us is something new. We think it's, it's something that, oh, it just happened. Nothing with God's plan is just happening to Zachariah or to you or to I. So let's go in chapter one and we're going to be, let's start where we talk about, we're going to start at verse six. I could do five. Let's start at five, get some background. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zachariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughter of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Now here it goes in verse eight of chapter one. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division. So that's his job. That's his calling. He's a priest and he's serving. So that means he's at work. He's in his ministry. He's at work. He's getting ready to go to the temple. And it says, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside of the hour of the incense. Then an angel. Now I want y'all to notice something because I talk about the gift that keeps on giving. The Lord will and can and does use angels. That's why it says sometimes we entertain angels unaware. But in this case, we're going to see that the angel that's going to be talking to Gabriel, as well as the angel that we're going to see going to talk to Mary, who happens to be a virgin at the time, both of them were the messenger angel, archangel Gabriel. And they tell you that. And I want you to see, and I'm going to stop because as we get information, I want you to see that God's ways and how he communicates aren't that different as you read the 66 books of the Bible. But what is different is that we are not sensitive to what happens in the supernatural with God in our prayer life in our walking day to day, that when Christ is making intercession in heaven with the Lord, that there are messages that are coming to us through the Holy Spirit and oftentimes even through angels, but we are not sensitive to that. We see it in the Bible, but we don't think, oh, that's not us now, but look what it says here. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zachariah saw him, he was troubled. Now that word troubled looks like you're a little bit fearful, but here it says he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. You're going to see a common theme. Whenever you see in the Bible, oftentimes that a supernatural being from the Lord appears, the first reaction of us in the natural is fear. The angel appears. We go to fear. And the first thing it says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And here's what that angel says. Do not be afraid, Zachariah. He knows his name for your prayer is heard. God hears our prayers. The messages that we get are his divine providence decide what he's going to answer, what he's not going to answer. Answers that may be yes, answers that may be no, answers that may be not yet. But he hears what we're asking and talking to him about. He says your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name, John. Now the prayer that was heard had to be pretty specific. It says you're going to have that son you've been praying about and he's going to be named John and he's coming from your wife's body, Elizabeth. He's saying all of that in chapter, uh, chapter one, verse 13. But look what he continues to say. Verse 14 about the message that he's just given. And here's the reaction that he's going to have, but also others. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. That's not just talking about his wife and him, other people. And some people that you are going to find yourself when God gives you the message from Christ. You may be elated, joyful, happy, full of gladness, but other people are going to be blessed because it's all about a grander testimony. Verse 15 said, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's birth. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. Now, I keep talking and sharing about the plan of God, the divine plan of God. Every one of us in Psalm 139, it says God searches and knows us. And that he knows the books and he knew about us even before we were in our mother's room. But guess what? Those of us who are in the plan of God is for this purpose. Verse 16 says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. Our purpose of being is to praise God. But for those who love Christ is to share who Christ is to those because God's purpose is to seek and to save that which is lost. You'll read that in chapter 19. But I'm saying when you start to say, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what God wants from me. God wants you to share Christ so that the peoples of this world will be turned. The peoples of this world. Verse 17 said he will go also before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. And I want to say something about this people. We have to be careful that we are not discriminating against the people that God wants to hear the message of Jesus Christ. You say, how is that possible, Sister Helm, that we Christian believers would do that? Every day in our society, we have people that say they love God, but they don't want to talk to the other. They don't want to talk to the other culture. They don't want to talk to the other people with the other uh, color of skin, the other dialect, the other hair, the other, they don't have the money. They're not having the prestige. They don't live in the neighborhood. They are just not us. So therefore God can't really expect us to talk to them about Christ. I think he says, go. And he didn't say, just go to your corner. He wants us to go throughout the entire world, spreading the gospel of Christ. Well, as you know about the story, Zachariah doubted. And this discussion we're getting ready to show is that because of the doubt, he's going to have a consequence. But I want you to see something about the message that I don't think we take the time to slow down and read. It says in verse 18, and Zachariah said to the angel, how shall I know this for I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. I want you to remember the how shall I know this because Mary will say, how shall I know this? Because I have not been with a man. Zachariah is saying, how shall I know this? Because I'm old and my wife's old. He's given saying y'all can't do this. Mary's just saying, I haven't had sex yet. I haven't had been with a man yet to have a baby at all. And she's trying to figure out as she's pondering in her house in her heart, what exactly the greeting meant. And now he's talking about having a baby. And she's like, I've never been with a man yet. And she's saying it. I don't think out of the doubt and unbelief because she was not silenced. Like you will see that happened to Zachariah, but look at the response from the angel. And that's why I said the good news is coming from the gift who keeps on giving, because I think that we believe that these angels are just doing things on their own. No, they serve the almighty God, the awesome God that we serve, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And look what it's going to say. Verse 19, and the angel answered. And I want y'all to hear every word clearly. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. Before it just said an angel, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. He's not just any angel because there's several angels, there's different types of angels, but he's trying to let you know of the order. It used to be Lucifer and Michael and Gabriel and these other angels, seraphims, cherubims, but he's letting him know I'm Gabriel. And if you knew about what happened in Daniel, Gabriel and Michael were the archangels that had to do spiritual warfare battle, but he's letting him know who he is. And what his position is, he's just not no mere angel. And God has dispatched him to bring him good news and glad tidings. And he's coming back with doubt. I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and listen to these words and was sent. Who sent him? He says he's in the presence of God. Who do you think sent him? God himself sent Gabriel, not just any angel, but sent Gabriel to give this message. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day of these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And his words weren't his words. His words were what he heard God almighty say. And God dispatched him to come tell him. And he doubted. Now, You read the rest of chapter one, as far as that story, because we're going to go down to the next part. The reality is God can dispatch an angel and knows who you are, where you are, what you've been praying, what you've been asking for in the, in the actual will of God and what he desires to give to you as a gift that keeps on giving. We say children are the heritage of the Lord. They're the gifts from the Lord. God was giving him a gift of John but he didn't believe him. And some people, even under the sound of my voice, we put things on God's altar. And because of the process of time, we don't think God's going to deliver because we don't think it's possible for him to deliver. And he can't overshadow these things in the natural, but that's not what this Christmas is showing us. This Christmas is showing us that Christ overshadowed a virgin and had a baby born that didn't need mama or daddy's sperm and egg. And it was done through the Holy Spirit. Now, let's jump down to the story about Mary. Now, verse 24. Now, after those days, his wife, meaning Zachariah's wife, Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the old days, in the old days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Verse 26, now in the sixth month, Now we said five months, but we jumped in. Now we say now the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, Now here's he said it again, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Again, Mary was a virgin at the time that she was overshadowed by the Holy spirit. Mary, after she, had the baby Jesus Christ was no longer a virgin. She and Joseph had relations sexually and she had other children. Jesus was her firstborn child out of her body. When we keep calling her Virgin Mary at the time of her conception through the Holy spirit, she was a virgin, but she no longer was a virgin after she had relations with her husband. So we have to make sure that we are, are scripturally accurate with how we talk about Mary. He says, The angel Gabriel was sent to God, sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And having come in, having come in, the angel said to her, come in where? She was somewhere and he got in. He came in just like he was in the temple. He can go through walls. He can, he can manifest himself and doesn't need to have you to have ADT off or have your key. God sends his angels and they come in. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, before, when you saw Zachariah see that angel, he was troubled. But look at the different type of trouble that she's doing. She's trying to figure out this man has appeared, come in. And he's given this greeting. She's puzzled and pondering the greeting for what is the meaning of the greeting. She hasn't even got to the part about fear, but he's going to talk to her about it. He's going to say, she's going to say in verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, now didn't say she was afraid, but she was troubled. Do not be afraid. It says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Oh, I skipped over a page. Excuse me. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do you notice that when Gabriel said, do not be afraid, Zachariah, he knew him by name. When he's talking to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary. He knows us by name because the Lord God knows us by name. The Lord God is saying, go tell Mary, Go tell Zachariah, go tell Anita Helm because they're being dispatched and the Holy Spirit knows us and is praying for us. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God the Father praying for us. They know us. We are not strangers to God. He knows us intimately because he knew us before we were even in our mother's womb. He knows the pages of our books. He knows that birth date in the natural. He knows what's going to happen in the dash. He knows when it's going to be time for him to call us a home to him. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior. So we're not strangers to God in this story. And the gift Jesus Christ who keeps on giving to us is giving to us for the purpose of our destiny to do what is the divine plan of the almighty God. And Zechariah, part of his divine plan was to birth a son named John who was a forerunner who was talked about back in the old Testament in Isaiah. Here we have Mary whose destiny is to be the mother who carries the Christ child, Jesus Christ that we're getting ready to celebrate. And behold, in verse 31 of chapter two of Luke, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, I can't read all this, but you'll see that there is she goes and she's told about Elizabeth and the fact that Elizabeth is with child. And she goes and had her greeting. Exactly what the angel said. The Holy Spirit is going to go into John immediately at her greeting, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just as Gabriel had said. Now I want y'all to jump over because you got to read all of that because Elizabeth uh, has some powerful words of encouragement and prayer that is going to be said. But then I want you all to jump over to chapter two because I want you to see, because I there are people that say, oh, God doesn't talk to me. You know, I got too many jobs. I got a night job. I got a day job. I'm hardly home. How can he reach me? Well, Zachariah was working in the ministry and he reached him. We don't know exactly where Mary was, but he reached him. But I want y'all to see in chapter two of Luke that there were some men at their night job. There were some shepherds who were at in the field. They weren't in a house. They weren't in a temple. They were in the field, wide open field at their night job. My sister loves to talk about her night job at her night job. These guys were in the field living because at night there are predators. There are are thieves and there are animals that want to come and kill sheep, their flock. And they're there to protect the sheep. That's what they were there. That was their whole purpose as shepherds to protect their flock. And it's nighttime. That's what it's going to say. So let's start here. We're going to start where we know. Let me get a good passage where we're going to be. We're going to be in verse eight, because we've just seen in the very beginning of chapter two, how there's a census and you find Joseph and Mary going, the baby's born, which, you know, there are plenty of people going to talk about the birth at the manger line in the manger, but look at this part, because I want to talk about these good, the good news that's, that's being given by the gift that keeps on giving verse eight says, now there were in the same country. This is the same country that you have Joseph and Mary and the baby Christ child is born. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. That tells you all the things. Nighttime. This is the night job. And behold, an angel of the Lord. Didn't say Gabriel. It said an angel, which is distinction to say if it had been Gabriel it would have told us Gabriel. But it said an angel of the Lord. And Luke is very specific. As a physician, he's very detailed in how he chronicles the things in the word of God, especially in the book. He says an angel. So one angel is there and talking to a group of men that are shepherds taking care of the flock. And it's nighttime. Y'all have seen a lot of the little Christmas things and you see what's going on. Now look at what happens. This angel is there and it says, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord. Now, Gabriel had come to see Zechariah, He had come to see Mary. But here we are at nighttime. And we're having these men that are guarding the flock, the sheep, and one angel is coming that's not even a high-ranking archangel. It doesn't talk about him being an archangel. This says an angel, but it talks about the glory and the glory of the Lord shown around them. So the angel is there, but around all these men, the glory of the Lord is around them. And they were greatly afraid. Everybody's always afraid. They always start out afraid. And what does the angel have to say? Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. He didn't name all the different people that were standing around and the glorious around, but he just said in general, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Again, who did he get dispatched by? He's bringing glad tidings, good tidings from the Lord who sent that angel down for that time and to say that message with that glory around those men. And I go back to this thing about, which will be to all people. All people means all people. Don't discriminate. Don't be prejudiced. Don't be biased. All people have to hear this message. And what is this message? For the world, for the universe. Verse 11, for there is born to you, that's all people, this day in the city of David, a savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger and suddenly now, okay, I want y'all to get this picture here. When you have a message from God, the glory is all around the people who are the shepherds and the sheep. Instantaneously, the one angel is now having a gathering of a host of angels. That all of a sudden, this is a pronouncement of who has just been born, the Savior, the Christ child. Do you see what's going to happen? It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. What are they doing? God that was in heaven is now born in flesh to take on deity and human form. And they have to praise him. It says if, if, if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. But they ain't going to have no rocks tonight in this, in this service. They're going to have that multitude of the heavenly hosts is coming down because we got to praise God that his son, Jesus Christ, had just come down. That a part of the divine plan, the, the gift that keeps on giving, has been born into this earth. And look what it says here. An angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, they didn't sing this. Many people want them singing. They say it. They are saying it. But they're praising God as they're saying this. Glory to God in the highest. Look at that conjunction and on earth because he's in the highest. He's in the third heaven. That's the highest heaven on the north that our almighty God is. But guess what? His son is just taking his abode. His son is just taking the abode in the earthly body of this child. And he says here, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Goodwill toward men because Jesus Christ has been born, is born, is fulfilling what the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's divine plan is. And they had to come praise God. They had to say it. They didn't sing it. They said it. They proclaimed it. The good news of the gift that we as mankind, all people just received, that we will have glad, eternal glad tidings of the free gift of the Christ child that was just given. He voluntarily came. Nobody made Christ come. He wanted to come even though all, knowing all of our sin, knowing all of our messed up, messed up crap. He loved us enough to come. That's why they said, they said they had to praise God and say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When that message came, The men that were at their night jobs protecting sheep, they are the sheep. We are the sheep and we are the sheep that need to explain how wonderful that gift is. Here's what happens. Verse 15. So it was, y'all saw everything before. So it was when the angels had gone away, they came immediately to give that good news to praise God and immediately to go back to the highest of heavens because there was praise to be given to God almighty in heaven. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. God always is making things known to us, but guess what? He's making things known to us through his scriptures. He's making things known to us through prayer without ceasing. He's making things known to us as we reflect on his word, as we ask him to give us understanding through the Holy spirit, as we go to hear the message of truth from the, it says, faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of God. You got to give God time. Let him let you get your attention. You got your attention on things that are not going to be beneficial, things that are not going to be glorifying and edifying to him, not for your equipping. But for Satan, if you're going to listen to Satan, he's all about your destruction. He's all about stealing and killing, destroying you and trying to get you distracted from your destiny. Because these men say, we got to go see about this in which the Lord has made known to us. And God has some things that he wants to make known to all of us about what's happening in these end times. But guess what? Y'all got to put your head in the Bible. You got to put your head in prayer, shut your mouth and start listening to God and saying, God, I'm yielded. I'm surrendered. Use me, Lord. Use me. And these people that were shepherds at the night job. They said, God has made this known to us. And verse 16 said, and they came with haste. We got to get hasty. We're at the end times and we are dragging our feet like we got all the times in the world. And we do not know what day God will call us home, what day God will crack the sky. We need to be working as though the night, the night is going to come to an end where we cannot work. The day will come where we not work and we'll be in the nighttime. And God is saying we have to do the work of Christ now. He says here in verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, y'all know what the saying was, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. They made known, widely known, they said, not just to their neighbors, not just to their kin folks. They made widely known what was said. We're hearing the scriptures week after week through in person, through virtual, whatever the means we're getting it. And we're not telling hardly anybody. This is our little inner circle. It says here that they told them concerning this child and all those who heard it marveled, verse 18, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, I know she's a ponderer. She keeps things in her heart. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, I want y'all to jump over. We're still in chapter 2. The Bible is so packed not to belabor too much, but you have two senior citizens. You got working people, shepherds. You got a young girl in, in Mary. You got Zachariah who's advanced in age, but now you got some most other senior citizens. I love talking about Simeon and Anna. Simeon had been promised by the Holy spirit that he would not see death until he saw the Christ child. And he went a long time Trusting and and understanding the faithfulness of God and the Holy Spirit. And at the appropriate time that you're going to see in this scripture that Christ is going to come at eight years old to get his circumcision. That's according to the Jewish custom. So let's go to verse 25 in same chapter two. I'm going to the New Living Translation when I read this. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praising God, sang, Sovereign Lord, I love that Sovereign Lord. William told me before he died, he said, Anita, as we were driving to Walter Reed one day, he gave me the shortest sermonette that he's ever given me. He said, the Lord is sovereign over life and death. He was letting me know that no matter how much caregiving, how many doctors, how much love, how much support, I was not going to keep. Him alive one day longer than the sovereign Lord had known that his books would end, and how they would end. But here in verse 29, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. As that all people again, we have no excuse for discrimination on it when it comes to the word of God. Said it, I've said it three times since three different sections of the Bible in Luke 1, and 2. Verse 32, he is a light to reveal God to the nations. Nations, that mean not just United States, not just India, not just Pakistan, not just Africa, not just Europe, not just Russia, the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He's been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul. That's a mom losing her child when he gets crucified. Now, Anna is a widow, an older widow. She was with her husband, they tell you, for a certain amount of time. And then he died, and she stayed in service to the temple. And it says she never left the temple but stayed there day and night. Now, I'm going to start in verse 36 so you can see this, and then we'll end. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phineel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she, let me get to my last page. She, it says here, began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There, the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. I wanted to share something. I know we could talk about Christmas and the tree and the gifts and coming together as family. And we can talk about how we have to be cautious because of this variant or that variant. And we could talk about a lot of things, but we have to talk about Christ, who is the gift, if you have no wrapped present under the tree, if you have no family around you, you can know that Christ is the gift that keeps on giving, that he's given the free gift of his eternal salvation that is priceless. It's eternally priceless that he says to you, if you don't have anybody around your table and nobody's giving you a gift, he says, baby doll, baby boy, I will never leave you or forsake you. And I'm with you. And I've given you the free gift of eternal salvation. And I love you. You are not alone. You are not hopeless. You are not somebody that is a forgotten. God thinks of you. He prays for you. He's dispatching angels to come around you. So they know that they need to give you the message of hope and truth. It's not an accident that you're hearing the word of God because the word of God wants to reach and to save those people who are lost. All of us were lost without Christ. But see, some of us are going to make a decision that we want to open our gifts and some of us want to have the gifts and we like going to look at the gift for most of our life. We're going to talk about the gift, but we're never going to try to open the gift. We're not going to try to see what the gift is all about. We're not going to love on the gift giver. We're just going to say, oh, there's a gift, God sent a gift, so what? And then we're going to get to the end of our life and that last breath is going to be taken And we're going to have to stand before the almighty God and explain whatever lame excuses we think we're going to give to him to say, you didn't want to receive his gift. You didn't want to have anything to do with his gift. You thought you were better than any gift that God could give. And God's going to say, depart from me and you're going to spend eternity in hell and then the lake of fire. And that there's a difference in the thrones we've talked about. You got to listen to the teachings. You don't want to be at the great white throne judgment because that's the people that are going to hell and everybody that doesn't accept and receive the free gift of eternal salvation and repent and accept his free gift of his washing through his holy righteousness so that we can have access to a holy God. You are going to find yourself in hell. You can go to all the Christmas parties you want. You can go to all the Christmas dinners you want. But if you don't find that you've accepted the free gift of eternal salvation through the son, Jesus Christ, where the angels said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill unto all men. That's Jesus Christ. He came. He's not a baby. He's not on the crucifix dead on a cross. And he's not a baby. He has been crucified. He has risen. He is there at the right hand of God, the father almighty, making intercession for us so that we will accept his gift, his free gift of salvation. For God so loved the world. That's the Christmas gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gift. That's what Christmas is about. It's not about the nonsense of commercials and, and gift giving and late night buying and wrapping and all that stuff. That's what Satan wants us to focus on. But we have to focus on the gift of Jesus Christ. He's got his arms wide open asking us to come. We have to open the gift, live and love the gift and receive the gift of his salvation. The harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. I pray in the name of Jesus that those of you, those of us that say we love Christ, that we will share like those shepherds. We will widely disseminate to all the people for them to marvel about the wonderful Christ child that came to die and died so that we can live and have access to the father. Because he says, I am the way, not many ways, but the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except through him, the son. Thank you, Lord. I celebrate your birth. I celebrate your death. I celebrate your intercession. I celebrate your eternal salvation. I love you, Lord, and praise be to God. Lord willing, I will see you next Monday. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Thank you, darling.